free to sow as generously as you feel led. Come on. You know what? On that note, what anytime you're giving, anytime you're doing anything, but you know, anytime you're giving, you know, we get to choose not only what we do, but how we do it. And uh, like you know, you can give, and that's fine. You can just give, and giving is good. But you know, you can give with faith. You think about that. Like when you give, you can do it on autopilot. This is what Christians do. Or, but I'll tell you, when I give, I want it to count. You know what I'm saying? Not like count is my Christian duty, but it's worship. And, and, and uh, it's a declaration that my Father is my provider. And, and, uh, and so I just like to give with joy and give with faith, whatever I give. And so, you know, just remember that. It's amazing how God has created us and that in a moment... We can change our heart and choose our motive. Do, do you know that? Like you go, you know, it's for instance, if you go to work, it's kind of a side note here, it's not even a message this morning, but if, you know, like a lot of people go, oh, I have to go to work. Like, you don't have to go to work. Well, yeah, I have to go to work. No, you just, you don't like the consequences of not going. So you're choosing to go, you want to go. And, you know what I'm saying? It's like in one moment, if you notice, you can make one step, and this applies to anything in your whole life. Like, you can make one step in your heart, and it immediately changes everything about what you're doing. Thank you so much. What you're doing, and, um, yeah. And so, you can get up and you can say, I need to go to work. God's given me a job. He's providing for me. I'm so blessed. That's powerful. You ever think about that? Anything you do, you can choose with what attitude you do it. And, uh, and that, that goes for worship. When we come together, when we worship together, when we're exalting the Lord. Like, you know, sometimes you feel like it, and sometimes, I don't know, usually I feel like it. But I, <laughs> I just being honest. Usually I do, but like, but you know, sometimes you start with all the jolly emotions, and sometimes you just feel like it because he's just so good. But whenever we worship, um, you know, it's, uh, what, what I like to do is I like to come to worship, and I like to say, how wide can I open my heart to God this morning? Oh, like, <laughs> you know, how far can I lean in? How much can I surrender? And, and worship isn't just songs, it's a life. You, you are, this is a whole message, but you really are, you are literally worship on two legs. Like, when it comes down to it, even prayer. Prayer is not just something that, it's not really a function of a believer. It's, it's more who you are than something you do. And when you begin to understand that, you begin to realize what Paul actually meant when he said, pray continually. Well, how do I pray continually? I have other conversations to have. But, well, it must be deeper than that. <laughs> Just think about that. That's a good word. And, uh, uh, thank you, Father. I love you too, Shelly. Um, and the prayer time that Shelly leads... Come join us. When I find out when I find out Shelly's doing that, I, 
you know, as soon as I got here, I said, well, what's going on around here? Shelly's like, we have prayer on Mondays at 1 o'clock. I'm like, well, that's on my calendar. I'm doing that too. So, uh, and it's, I love, I love the atmosphere that Shelly um, hosts and sets up. It's uh, exactly as she explained it, and it's how I, it's, actually, when I walked into her prayer meeting, I'm like, I feel at home. This is how I like to pray. And uh, just enjoying God. Really, the best way to pray is to enjoy God. And, um, and uh, I love him so much. Oh, I'm, getting, I'm turning into a wreck right now. And I, I intend to stay that way. So, um, uh, well, listen, this morning, oh, I mean, he's here. He's here, you know, he's here. He's here. He's here. We don't just want to talk about him like he's somewhere far away. He's here. And when we come together, he's always here. And um, wherever you go, if he wasn't there, he's there once you get there. You know, because he lives inside of you. He he cannot, he does not, ah, he doesn't go on vacation from, from that house. And, um, oh, yeah, just, just let him touch you. Oh, oh, come, Holy Spirit. Have your way. You're here, but just come. Just come, Lord. Come. Come and touch people. Touch your people today, God. We, we thank you for healing bodies this morning in your presence, God. We thank you for encouragement this morning, that you're speaking this morning. And, uh, yeah. The tide is rising. Amen. In this atmosphere, let's just let's just stay aware. God, how many feel the presence of the Lord right now? I'm just. Mm. And we've been speaking about the presence of the Lord. This will, this has been our focus for the last last few weeks. It's just the culture that's that's camps around the presence and. That's not really. It's not a new message. It's the Christian life. It's it's not. It's not really cutting edge when you think about it. It's <laughs> uh, and, and it wasn't God's new idea either. Like it, when He created human beings, it was like that's the way it is. And and then since the fall, He said, "I gotta cut that back." And um, and and he and that's this is the whole gospel. This is God. This is this is. It's really so simple, and I like it simple. It's I like. I just love. I love him, and um, and my life has been changed because of his love for me. And and uh, and the best way for the world to encounter his love is for us to enjoy it ourselves. Because when you when you get wrapped up when you, when you when you get wrapped up in God's love for you, it, it's gonna you just can't keep it in. Like it's gonna spill out of somebody somewhere, and um, and then it just keeps going from there. You know, and uh, I, I want to talk this morning about revival of the heart. And uh, for me, really, everything is about the presence of God, because the presence of God is God, right? We said that last week. I mean, if you, you know, nobody ever says, well, the presence of Shelly is here, but we don't know when Shelly's going to come. You know, I mean, it, it, it literally means that God is here, or the presence of God. Well, God is here. God is present. And, 
And when you really think about that, what the implications of that, that God, the creator of everything, lives inside of me, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, lives inside of you and me. And when we come together, somehow he says, I'm there in the midst. You're already here. And then somehow when we come together, that intensifies. And, and, um, and so, an interesting verse, I realize, I'm just going to tell you in advance. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start in Hebrews chapter 1 this morning. And you might say, Hebrews chapter 1, revival of the heart. How are you going to get there? But... I'm already there. And, um, and so, we'll see how it goes. I thought this morning, I may, I may have bit off more than I could chew in one day, but um, that's okay. Um, well, let's see, I guess it was, ah, geez, I was 15, about 14 years ago, I guess it was. Um, I was up in the old great room at uh, Bethel Church. I was there as a student. I was doing my third year internship with Mark Brooks. And, uh, and the school had doubled in size that year. It was up to 400. It was 200 the year before. Bobby Connor came through and prophesied that the school would double every year. And it, it did. So he's a prophet. And, uh, and uh, so it did after that. It did until we hit the walls, and then it couldn't double anymore. And then we just kept, but well, we did continue to grow. And so we built that new great room, and um, I mean, I was there. I didn't actually build it. But um, uh, it was like, oh, now we're going to have room. And then it was kept, and oh, I guess we're full. We need something else. And, and that was God. Um, but I was, I was up in that, in that old great room. I went up to what was called, uh, well, it was, they used to make uh, recordings of tapes. You could check out tapes, get the message, cassette tapes. And a uh, lady named Megan would make you a copy that you could borrow so you didn't have to buy them as a student. You could take it home and bring it back. I went in there to pick something up or request something and um, had an interaction with a, a lady that was in there. It was Megan. And I don't even remember who it was now, to be honest. And um, it was a rough interaction. It was, it was kind of rough. And I thought I was being as nice as I could be. And I couldn't, you know, yeah, sometimes that happens. And um, even with Christians. And so, uh, and, and so uh, man, you know what? I thought I did pretty good. But there was a little bit of like, you know, I could be pretty snappy if I need to be. I don't ever need to be. But if I wanted to be. And um, the Lord helped me with that a long time ago, but um, I probably did come back just a little bit to kind of like try to set a boundary and, and um, didn't do it the best way. And uh, I don't know. If you were there, maybe you wouldn't even notice. But between me and the Lord, this is how God is with me. I don't know if you can relate to that. It doesn't let me do with anything. Like, ah, so, so good. I learned when I, I'm just careful what I say in front of God, you know, like, don't ever say you're not going to do something because it's like you weren't going to have to until you said that. Now, now I need you to do it. And, uh, and, so, <laughs> and I'm like, oh. But you know, we were singing that song, You Walk Through All of My Walls, and I thought, I'm just so glad that you do that, though. It's always better than I expect. And um, 
So I had that little interaction. I'm, I'm walking out. I just get barely in the clear out of the little hallway there, and the Lord just stops me. And he says, you know, there's a time you would have went back and apologized to her. And I was like, oh. So I, I turned around. I go, okay. I went back, and I did. I took responsibility for my side. I said, hey, I'm really sorry. Please forgive me if I came off, however. I don't remember how the conversation went. It was a genuine, humble. And I, so I, I, as I'm walking out, I found my pen. I dropped the pen. It was my favorite pen at the time. I picked it up. And I don't even know. How as, so here's how the word. I, I, as I'm bending down to pick up my pen, he speaks to me again. And he said, if you do the things you did before, you'll find the things you lost. Even if you don't know that you lost it. Oh. And I thought... You know, I realize, and I, I have this experience still continuously that sometimes you don't know how much you need a fresh touch from God until you get one. You know what I'm talking about? And, and I've just come to believe that I always need one. And that solves that problem. No matter what, I know I need a touch from God. And that's just not rhetoric. Like, it, it really has become something that I learned to... Uh, to lean and trust Him that, that He is going to speak to me and He is going to touch me. And that that actually is my plan for success. <laughs> and, and when you face situations and you don't know how they're going to turn out, when you've seen God do it enough, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and uh, maybe you've got a conflict, you don't know how it's going to work out or be, whatever it may be. And you kind of, you get to the place where you kind of go, instead of like, oh no, you kind of go, I don't know how you're going to do this one, but it's going to be awesome to see. And, um, and, uh, and, and so I want to talk about a, a revival of the heart. And, uh, you know, ultimately God really longs for intimacy with us. It's what He wants the most. I love it in the Proverbs where it says, My son, give me your heart. It's what He wants the most. Like, you know, we give in the offering. It's not really, yeah, money, yes, it, it funds the kingdom. It's, it's important stuff. It's part of the world we live in. But, but, but what He really wants is he wants, he wants my heart. And so when I give, I give with my heart. And because that's what He wants. He wants this. And, um, and this, is the, this is the part that you can't... Do you realize that your heart is, it can't be purchased? Somebody said you can buy a man's fat, but you can't buy his heart. But same goes for women. And, uh, and, uh, and so, uh, <laughs> and, uh, you can buy a man's heart, but you can't buy his, you can buy a man's fat, but you can't buy his heart. You know what that means? It means you can pay somebody to do a job, but you can't pay him to do their best. And, and your best only comes from your heart. So if you think about it, the beautiful thing about the way God's created us is that the very best thing I have to give can only be given if I choose it. No one can take it. And God won't even do it. And, and so when it comes to worship, that's the beauty of worship. It's not what we're, but it is all worship. That's the beauty of worship. It's like we can come. I can come because sometimes we act on principle. But the best part of me... I can only say, I want to give this to you. And when you're at work, even if you're getting paid hourly, you know, you can do a job good enough even to get promoted and not be your best. 
And that's a beautiful thing because that is where worship is. Right? When, no matter what your job is, if you do it under the Lord in that way, I, see, I love that. Anyway, side note, we'll come back to that another time. And, um, and so sometimes you don't realize how much you need to touch from God though, until you get one. And uh, I want to say this, just a little bit of recap. We are as physically close to God as we can possibly be. Interesting, because we talk about being close to God. But, but do you realize that when we say close to God, it's not that He's in heaven and I'm here and we're trying to get closer. Because physically, you, you will never be closer to God physically than you are right now. Because He lives inside of you. The Bible says that you're one spirit with the Lord. You can't get closer than one. Our spirits are so close to become one. Like you can't get closer than that. Right? So when we talk about being close to God, what we're talking about is being relationally close. And how many know, like, I could get as physically close to anybody here as possible, but that doesn't mean we're relationally close. Like, I could hug you as tight as I can for an hour. You're like, that would be so awkward. Don't do it. And, uh, and, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but relationally... This is what God desires, relational closeness. And, um, but I'm going to back up and get a running start. Um, so let's look at Hebrews chapter 1. <clears throat> I love this verse. Oh, I love it. Okay, are you there? Hebrews chapter 1, oh, verse 1. We're going to start in verse 1. At the top. Um, so God, after He spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets, in many portions and in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in His Son. It's such a more, it's such a powerful verse because of the transition that has happened between the old covenant and the new covenant. That's what's being explained here. So check this out. So he used to speak to people since the fall. God began to pursue. So he shows up. He shows up to Abraham. He's showing up to different people. Angels are coming. Periodic visitations. Where, where great impartations are happening. And sometimes they're living their entire life of faith off of like two encounters or one with God. I told, I told you one thing, right? I told you I married you. I told you I loved you when we got married. Say if I changed my mind. And that, that was... That's a joke. But uh, that's, that's, if you think about it, like a lot of, they didn't have the Holy Spirit living inside of them. So they don't have what you and I have. That's amazing. Like I was standing, uh, I, the Spirit of God living and moving inside of me is, is a, every day for me, it's like, I, I just, I, it never gets old. And, and I always think if, if someone could, if anybody here, you walk into a store and I just look around, I, you walk into the store and you look around and you think, if anybody here knew what I am experiencing inside, everybody would want it. There's not one person in here that would say, oh, life of God moving inside you, huh? No, I'm good. Like, no, it's amazing. And, um, but, so, he used to speak in, in a different way. Many, many ways. Right? Many different ways. 
At different times, he would come and he would speak to his prophets. Right? There's a, there's a verse in Numbers where, where, uh, where God says, Well, if I've got a prophet, I'll, I'll give him a vision or a dream. I'll give him some kind of dark saying. But he says, Not my servant Moses. He's my friend. I talk to him face to face. And, and so Moses was actually tasting of... He was getting a taste of new covenant life. Because he was a friend of God. Because he chose... Friendship with God above everything else. Isn't that amazing? And so this is ultimately what God longs for. And so, but in these last times, He speaks to us. How? In His Son. I love this. God's like, I'm going to speak to you. How, Lord? There's Jesus. Look at Him. Literally, just, just gazing at Jesus is God's communication to us. Because Jesus Himself is the outshining or the radiance. He, he is the manifestation of who the Father is. And, and it's a powerful thing because no other belief system, no other religion on the planet really actually even claims to know their God. They just know of a God that they think exists and they've got a list of rules that they're trying to please them with and they don't even know. They're just hoping to survive the whole situation. But God, in His, in His, oh, He is God actually, that's the difference. He actually can do something. He can actually reveal Himself, and He's done it in His Son. So, a couple things about that. Uh, in the Old Covenant, under the old ways of communication, obedience to unexplained commandments was pretty much how you would walk with God. Here's the commandment, do it. God still expects that. How many know? God will ask you to do something, and he, he won't tell you why all the time. Because He delights in our trust. When we say, oh, I don't know why you're asking me to do that, but since you, I know that there's a good reason. And so I'll do it. And, um, and so, faith and trust. Faith, faith is when you, faith comes by what you heard from God. So you know God's going to do what He said He's going to do. Uh, but trust is leaning on the person of God. It's when you don't have a clear word. And it, it's related to faith and they're inseparable, but trust is like, I don't know what you're going to do about this. I don't know how you're going to do it. But you're my dad. And, and so you, you, like, you lean on him and you trust the person of God. And so trust is, trust is not about being... Like, so we think of faithfulness as integrity, but it's deeper than that. Faithfulness is like faithful in relationship. It means he's looking out for my best even when I'm not looking. And, uh, and so trust. So here's the difference. Um, so, just, so the old covenant really was, if you remember the whole story, I told you I bit off more than I could chew today, but, but it just take notes to your best. Uh, you know, I want to reference at the mountain, God calls, so Moses had been on the mountain with God, encountering God, right? And then he wanted to take it a step further. See, actually Moses was just the first one to experience what God had in store for a whole nation. This is amazing, because when I think about this, when I think the law written on tablets was actually not God's first plan. Didn't want to do it that way. He said, Moses, you know how you and me have been talking face to face? Go get them ready. I'm going to talk to all of them now. I'm coming down. 
I am going to speak to them just like I've been speaking. Can you imagine what the story would look like if that would have happened? I mean, Christ would still have to come. He would still need the cross. Right? That, 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 was, that was part of the plan. But, but when I think about God's pursuit of us, and when I think about that story and the way it went down, I, I used to think, like, this is how God planned it. Like, God sat back and He goes, first I'm going to give them some stone tablets. Then I'm going to do, you know, and like it was like part of his plan. And the more I think about it, the more I know God, the more I realize that like it's not all set in stone, no pun intended. Like it's, it's actually, it, like the history of humanity with God is actually a God who has exercised far more patience, far more loving kindness than we can even imagine. So much so that he was willing to alter his plan at times and say, here's what I want to give you. I want to speak to you. They're like, don't do it. We'll die. You won't die. You'll learn to walk closely with me. That's what it was all about. Because they, this, he was going to impart with, to them a beautiful fear and reverence for the Lord that would help them to walk faithfully with God. And if they would have, I think they would have gotten to the promised land sooner. But God said, okay, I'll give you as much as you can take. And we've got to start somewhere. So, I'll write it down. In, the thing about the law is that it was just enough to hurt you. It's just enough of God to hurt you. That makes sense. Because, because what they missed out on is when God speaks, there's grace that changes you. And so, but if you write it down and read it, here, okay, I'll chisel it on stone, read it. Now do it in your own strength. You can't. That's what it's teaching you. You can't. So, moving on. I think... Um, so I, I do, I think God, I was thinking about that recently, that God's like, all right, we'll start somewhere. We'll start here. And, uh, and so, uh, another interesting note from Old Testament to New Testament is that the primary function, like the primary form of communication from God to man changed. So, in the Old Testament, the highest rank really was a prophet, spiritually speaking. And so prophecy... Prophecy was the highest form of communication God would speak through the prophets. That's high, that was that was it, and um, and so and obviously the law came from Moses, so prophecy and law. And then, but in the new in the new covenant, if you notice, it says they did something different in in the New Testament. It says they were giving themselves to the apostles. Teaching. And so, teaching actually became God's primary function, but God's primary way to speak, or not really speak, He speaks directly to us, but the way to give information, so in other words, teaching uh, was put over prophecy even, really. And so, prophecy is judged, and prophecy is, you don't despise it, where would we be without the voice of God? But why is that? And it's because of this. Because in the New Covenant, Christ has been revealed. And so no more do we need dark sayings or, or just the prophets to come and tell us what God is saying. Now we've got the Spirit of God inside of us. We've got our own teacher. He guides us into truth. And so 
it's teaching. And so there's preaching and there's teaching, right? And preaching is a declaration that requires a life response. But teaching opens up understanding. And basically what it's doing is it's teaching you about your inheritance. In other words, what's already in your bank account as believers. And, 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 and so, like, you know, ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is painful when it comes to the kingdom because we live on a lower level, right? And, we, and, then, we, and then we assign, uh, sometimes we, we dismiss ourselves from God's blessings or certain experiences that God would have for us because we think, well, I've never experienced that. She experiences that. That's how she is. This is how I am. And I'm like, actually, no. We're all human. That's how God is. He wants to encounter everybody and speak to everybody. And nothing's off limits. That's why we that's why we desire spiritual gifts. All the gifts. Well, she prophesies. I don't. Well, desire it. You'll start prophesying. And and so okay. Powerful. Do you get this? So like so so in other words, the beauty of the new covenant is that everything in God is available to you and me. And that means that I can know God, which is what Moses cried out for. You know, we, it's like we often quote, like, teach me your ways. God, teach me your ways. But, but why did he even say that? It wasn't just teach me your ways. It was, that's, that was a way to get what he actually wanted, which was to know God. Yada, which is to experience God, to know by experience, to, to interact with God, not to know about God, not just to follow God, or just to obey God, but to know Him in a deep way, to know Him in a way that wherever you are, He can comfort you, He can speak to you, that you can talk to Him about anything at all. You know what? You might as well, because everything is laid open in there before the eyes of God with whom we have to do. We're all going to talk about it all with God eventually. So we might as well talk to Him now. And, and, and like where we can receive grace that actually will change our life. And so, so in the New Covenant, aren't you glad He's speaking to us in a different way? <laughs> so, so this transition that takes place here, let's just read a little more just to, to get some context. We'll go back. In these last days he spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the world. And he, Jesus, the Son, is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature. Isn't that amazing? People go, well, you don't know what God's like. I do. I know exactly what he's like. And you can too. Even if you don't know him personally, you can actually just read it in the Bible. And everything Jesus did, that's God. Powerful. He's been revealed. Um, and he upholds all things. Where it gets deep. Then he upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty of high. Becoming as much better than the angels as, uh, as he has inherited a more excellent name than they. Oh, all right, we'll have to come back and hit this chapter. But um, let's get to, to uh, heart revival. Listen, you know what this means? That God speaks to us in His Son. It means that God's heart is actually revealed. 
See, Moses said, teach me your ways that I may know you and continue to find favor in your sight. Here, here's what that means. See, Moses, lest you forget, grew up in a kingdom. And he understood something about kings. They don't do it your way. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't come before Pharaoh and get your way. You hope you to get mercy. You don't think provision, anything. But when he provides, he's going to do it the way he does it, and you just get to decide if you're going to have it or not, not how he's going to give it to you. And, and, and so he understood. He thought, well, geez, the kings are that way. How much more God who created everything. And so he said, God, so he thought, you know, I want to know God. What do I mean, it's not that foreign to us now, right? But, like, could you imagine the, one of the first guys to ever have that thought? I want to know you, actually. Like, God put that in his heart. And, um, and he says, so that I might know you, teach me your ways. And so, and so this is where the subject of surrender comes in. Because, because when it comes to revival of the heart, see, we, what happens is we get calloused in our heart when we insist on our own ways. And when, the longer we do it, the more callous we become. And God loves us so much that, like, He, he has whatever relationship with us that we're willing to have. It's really amazing. So, like, um, I was going to read this at the end. I'm going to read it right now. Carrie Jeb Montgomery said it this way. Now, who's going to trust God for the winged life? You can crawl instead if you wish. God will even bless you if you, want, if you crawl. He'll do the best He can for you. But how much better to avail ourselves of our wonderful privileges in Christ and to mount up with wings as eagles, run and not be weary, walk and not faint. Oh, beloved friends, there is a life on wings. I feel the streams of His life fill me and permeate my mortal frame. From my head to my feet until no words are adequate to describe it. <laughs> uh, how many have had that? I can only make a few bungling attempts to tell you what it is like and to ask the Lord to reveal the rest to you. May He reveal to you your inheritance in Christ Jesus so that you will press on and get all that He has for you. Terry Jim Montgomery. Powerful. Her ministry actually is in Oakland, California. The home of peace is still there. You can go visit it. Healing homes. Um, In the New Testament, something else is different. It went from tablets of stone to tablets of flesh. In other words, God, when you come, when when you're born again, He literally writes His laws right here on your heart. But there's something else that helps that, and it's the subject of teaching. And, and, and you can expand that to, like, reading the Word in the presence of the Lord, receiving revelation from God, right? Because when we, when we say we're going to follow the Lord, we become learners. And so teaching, basically even reading your Bible, teaching, actually the teaching of truth, does something powerful. Not only does it reveal, 
but it also forms the conscience. Did you realize that? It's interesting. We have a conscience. But do you know that your conscience is developed? Or it can be seared. It can be dulled. But something's happening with it all the time. And I think some are even, it's like our hearts. Like I think sometimes we just live in this, this flux at some point. You know, like our relationship with God, it's like, it's like we're walking with Him, we're all we don't know anymore, but maybe your emotions are, you get what I'm saying, right? You dip a little, you're on the high. And um, the, the, lo- the longer that you walk with the Lord, the more, um, uh, the less you fluctuate. You're, you know, you live on a higher level and your dips aren't as low. And so, you, you know, you might wake up in the morning, but you know what to do about it. Like, you know, you might, oh, but you're like, that's all right, 15 minutes, I'm going to be feeling great. Jesus, I love you. And, uh, and you, get, you get going. All right. So, teaching of truth is what forms the conscience. Powerful, right? And so, it's the conscience that the Holy Spirit moves upon to bring conviction to the soul. We're talking about revival of the heart. We are. You know, and, and I've had some experience about four years ago. I went through a season where I went through a very, very challenging time. And, uh, and it, had, it really had a lot to do with just pressure of life, choices of other people. You know, how many know you're... Your family members struggling, you know, like not in my, not as much in my own, but just, you know, without, without uncovering anybody, you know, but, um, you know, you got a family member really struggling and, and then pressures of, at that time there were some pressures of ministry and maybe you've got some real challenging, it just, and it was just this like sort of pile of things and, and I, I thought I was dealing with it really well. I thought I was... I thought I was like, okay, I got boundaries, and, and I, I know that, and that's not mine to carry. Well, I'm still carrying it, but, I, you know, I, you don't know sometimes. And, and um, well, it led to, it led to a crash, like a, like a full-on, I was kind of burnt out. And, um, but in that place, I really began to call out to God. It was one of those times where I realized... I'm experiencing such first love right now that I actually didn't realize that I wasn't. Because I, I, for 20-something years now, I've been in love with Jesus. And I surrendered to the Lord. He got me. He got me good. He got me good. And, and I tried enough to know that the only thing out there is stuff to hurt you. And, uh, and, and so, and he got me good. But in this season, I... I came back here. I just remember I would just go for, I'd go out on a run. At least it was a healthy way to cope, you know. And I, I'd go out on, uh, on runs, uh, and the Lord would speak to me when I was out running, exercising. And I'd be out on the river trail. And sometimes I'd just be, just, you know, just being vulnerable. Sometimes I'd just be running and crying, talking to God. Just like, ah, you know, just praying and just crying. And my eyes were sweating and everything was sweating. And, um, and then I found myself saying things to God, and, and I didn't expect this to happen in that season, but I just began to, it just, you know, like sometimes it's, it's, it's not God's heart that this is how it happens, but sometimes life situations can sift you a little bit. And, and 
God doesn't orchestrate that. He doesn't want that for you. But how many know he doesn't waste anything? You know, I remember my good friend, Matt King, he said, you know, somebody told me years ago, never waste a good trial. <laughs> I was like, dude, we can laugh at that, but it's really painful when you're in it, you know, like, and, uh, and, um, and so uh, I thought, oh, and I realized, yeah, so in that time I began, I found myself when I was running or wherever I was, saying things to God that I had said before, but meaning them even more than I did. And I remember saying, God... Help me through this. I'll give my whole life to you. I'll go. I already said all these things. But just renewing that. God, I'll go wherever you call me. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I just, honestly, I just want you. I really just want you. And this first love began to overflow in my heart. And I, and I say, like, I would never choose that season, but I would never trade it either. Hey, would you trade that? Never. You can't have it. Because of what God did in that time, I would never trade. You know? And um, and so, when you lean on Him, you know, he's, He has a way. And um, and so, the re, a revival art, you know what happens? Is that the callous just tears it away. Affection begins to rise. First love begins to spill over. All your priorities in life really get clear and you realize, you know what, there's one reason I'm here on this planet. It is to know God. It is to love God with everything I have, to know Him, to walk with Him, and to love the people around me. We're not always perfect at that. That's okay, we know how to create messes, right? That's part of love. And, uh, and so I just... I know that God is drawing people in Mount Chapel. I, I, um, I was listening to a prophetic word that we have over our, over our house here that I, somebody gave to me a couple months ago. And they said that Mount Chapel, is a week, Mount Chapel is like a wave pool. And God is, God is there's waves there. People are going to come in and encounter the waves of God. And, uh, and they, said, they said there's a great move of God on the planet which we know, right? Do you realize that we, I believe this, I really believe this, that we are actually in the beginnings of the third great awakening. I believe that with all my heart. This, it's not just, this is a great awakening that's happening. Oh, it's, this is historical. And if you can't see it, you just have to like tap into what God's doing around the world. And when you listen to enough of it, you start going, what? God, you're moving everywhere, you know? And sometimes we can be like the prophet in the cave. Just me left, God. Everyone's against me. He's like, come on. I got hundreds of you. And, uh, and uh, millions at this point. But uh, uh, so we're called and invited to know God. And my encouragement this morning is as we, as we walk together that, that we really... Uh, you know, there's no limit to how much of Him we can know. And I, and I realize that every opportunity of life is an opportunity for intimacy with Him. It's a place to know Him. So if there's a struggle of the soul, engage God about that. When there's a set, like who do you, who you delight in is who you run to. Who, what do you, who or what do you run to when you're feeling down? What do you run to to make you feel better? 
God wants to be that. He doesn't want any competition. And I, know, I think he doesn't mind most things. He, he can, he's happy to give us most things. But he just doesn't want any competition. But I want to be your all. I want to be your delight. And, so, and you know who your delight is by who you run to when you're feeling down. Or even when you're celebrating. When something awesome happens. You know what I'm saying? You know, the kids open the present. They're like, yay, run outside. You know, but, but, but not my kids, though. I'm super thankful. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, um, but, uh, I'm going to land this. But I just think this. Often when we share the gospel, we say things like, ask Jesus into your life. Ask Jesus into your heart. I think that's actually the problem. Too many people are asking Jesus into their life. He doesn't want to come into my life. My life was broken. He does not want to come in to my life and be a part of that. He's like, I got a better plan. You're dead. You get a new life. You're in my life. Just a good way. Come on. And usually when there's a struggle, it's because somewhere along the way, we started asking Jesus into our life again. And he's like, when did you get a life? I thought I was your life. Oh, that's right. If I lay it down, I really find it. And, and so that's the only requirement. Because you can have everything you need and mostly everything you want, but you just can't choose how you have it. You've got, you got to trust me. And um, would you everybody just stand up with me? Well, I just believe that um, what we've talked about this morning is has been released. It's not just a word to remember, but literally the substance of the kingdom has been released around the things that we've talked about. And so there's an impartation happening. And I really believe that God is, is uh, you know, I just, think, I just think this is the Christian life, like deeper levels of first love. The best way to know more of God is to enjoy Enjoy Him. Wherever you know Him, however much, enjoy what you have. Just thoroughly enjoy. And you get more. You'll experience more. Like it isn't rational itself, you understand. There's just more to know. There's more to experience. And, and um, so Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're here this morning. And I thank you that, that uh, the message is actually power. It's not just words. It's power. And, and so this morning, there's power that's released. And, and um, actually, you know what? If you've got uh, pain in your body, why don't you just test that out? I didn't, didn't expect to go this way. But in closing, I, you know, I, there's a left knee. I think raise your hand if that's you. A left knee over here on the front. Okay, there's two. Healing. Just start to check that out. There's another one there. And then, um, what about your, like, uh, one over here, healing to your knee, sir. <laughs> She's pointing at you. Um, healing. And, um, 
And uh, some about the, even the left, I don't know, could be both eyes, but some about the left eye. Is it um, pressure? You see, you have pressure in your eye? Okay, well, the Lord's just declared that this morning, so be healed in Jesus' name. And, uh, and so, Lord, we thank you for that. And, and we just see a lower back being touched and, and a neck and um, something with the ears and, and um, brain, uh, brain uh, something to do with the brain. I don't know, uh, okay, like a, I don't know if it's injury or what, but Lord, we just thank you for healing that. Cool, fire of God. And uh, oh, fire! Oh, there! And uh, and so, Lord, we thank you for um, yeah, ministry team. Would you come forward? If you want to receive prayer this morning, come on up. And uh, so, Lord, thank you for first love. I thank you for encounters this week, God, that you would even come to us in our dreams, that you would you would you would get us God when we suspect it. And uh, thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. Thank you for what you're doing in Mountain Chapel in Weaverville. That people are coming in. If you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord, like if you listen to this and you go, I don't actually don't know the Lord. I'm not walking with Jesus, but you say I want to. Would you raise your hand this morning? And uh, I'm going to I'm going to give you a minute. If that's you. I want to be born again. Raise your hand. Or maybe you know what. If you felt distant from the Lord, then I just want you, I want to encourage those to come forward this morning. And um, normally I have to raise your hand. I just feel like this morning, if that's you, if that's going in your heart. Because I feel like there's somebody here, like I do, I have felt that. But that you don't really need to recommit your life to the Lord. You just you just need to come and let somebody, somebody love on you, pray for you. Get refreshed. Remember how much you love. And, uh, and be encouraged. And so... Come forward, receive prayer, anything at all. God bless you guys today.